0: I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. The time has come For bad things to win The time has come For life to begin The time has come For the I'm actually in a pretty good mood. So what do I do about that when it's time for me to do this thing, but I'm in a good mood? Easy, I do this thing in a good mood. I'm still getting a lot of feedback from my friends telling me that I should keep doing this. Some of the people who've been telling me that are actually pretty surprising to me, given how outspoken a lot of our friends within the community are about, be it masculine and whatnot. (laughs) I feel like I'm pretty much as masculine as I need to be, for the most part. I'll explain that part of the statement in a bit. Anyway, I'm a man. I'm a large, fairly muscular man. I have sex with women. I take care of my family. I can take a punch and I can throw a punch. I am, for the most part, as masculine as I need to be. Being a man doesn't mean that I don't have emotions. I'm loaded with emotions, you know that by now. I said the last time that I'm not gonna hide how I feel about anything, whether it's happy, sad, hungry, mad, or whatever. Doesn't mean that I'm gonna bitch on the internet about things that have nothing to do with me. I just mean I'm not gonna put on a tough guy act and hide my emotions because it's not socially acceptable. I'm grateful that so many of my friends and even people who don't know me are not only accepting of this, but are able to relate on a very personal level. Like it or not, we are an emotional species. I might be more emotional than most. I was talking with my boy Shaheen who recently made the decision to stop eating meat. Now that's cool as hell. In case you're unaware, I haven't eaten meat in about 30 years. And I never will for the rest of my life. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach to you about the evils of eating meat or that meat is murder or whatever. I, I honestly don't give half a fuck what you choose to eat. I'm just here to tell you my story. My father was born in Mobile, Alabama, raised by his grandmother who was a sharecropper. In case you're not familiar with what a sharecropper is, it's a farmer who stays on the land, works the fields, and pays rent to the landowner in the form of crops. That's what my great-grandmother did her entire life, all the way up until the day she died. We used to drive down there from Cleveland to visit her every summer, still living in the house that my dad grew up in. That house had no electricity and no running water, ever. Ever since my dad was strong enough to stand, it was his job, one of his jobs, to wake up before everybody else in the house every morning, walk a mile and a half to the well, get a couple of buckets of water, carry it a mile and a half back to the house, and repeat that process until there was enough water for everybody in the house to drink, cook, clean, and bathe with for the morning. He had to do that before working in the fields every morning. He worked the fields every morning before walking to school. After school, it was back to the well for more water and back to the fields for more work. You didn't know better, you would swear you were in the 1700s, but this was every single day of my dad's young life. He joined the army straight out of high school and he told me that after the way he grew up, boot camp was like a vacation for him. He honestly had no idea why boot camp was so rough for all the other guys. He took up boxing in the army and he was pretty damn good at it too. When I was a kid we were looking through his things from the army that he had packed away and I saw his fight record and articles that were written about him. My dad was knocking motherfuckers out. We never really talked much about it but I imagine Vietnam was pretty much a breeze for him. My father has definitely taken lives, and I guess because of the constant never-ending work that he had to do growing up, it was just business as usual for him. Well, I'm guessing that because among his duties on the farm, he raised pigs. They also had chickens and cows, but I think my dad mostly took care of the pigs. Mine said that my dad took really good care of those pigs from the very beginning. He loved them like they were his pets. But of course you know they were not pets, so when the time came, it was my dad's job to kill them. He had to get used to killing and it started with it being his responsibility as a child to kill these animals that he raised from babies and formed an emotional bond with. So with that, killing people in Vietnam was nothing to him. And he understands, on a level much deeper than most of us ever have or will... The sacrifices, some of them very personal sacrifices that go into us being able to enjoy the meals that we eat every day. So after all of that, after the army, after Vietnam, my dad moved up to Cleveland. It was the 70s and work was booming up here. With so many jobs in Cleveland at that time, people were moving here in droves. My aunts and uncles moved up here, my grandmother, who unfortunately I never got to know before she died. From what I'm told, she was a wonderful, beautiful person, but she didn't raise my dad, her mom did. Also, a couple of my dad's friends from school moved up here, including his best childhood friend. After they both moved up here and were all settled in, my dad went to his friend's house to visit him and his family that he and his wife were just getting started. Dad's friend had some other people at the house visiting at that time, including his beautiful young niece who just finished high school. She was brand new in the world as an adult and she was a very responsible young lady because she spent most of her life taking care of her younger brothers while her parents worked, but if she was going to be able to take care of herself, she needed to know how to drive a car. My dad was nice enough to offer to teach her. I don't know how long it took for them to fall in love, but I imagine it was instantly because it didn't take very long at all before she and my dad got married, had my sister, and then me and my little sister not long after. I wasn't going to include the story about how my parents met, but I was flowing, so Consider that a bonus. Anyway, a lot of that story was to try to give you an inkling of what I was always expected to live up to as a man. I never came close in any capacity. In terms of toughness, work ethic, courage, self-confidence, I never stood a chance compared to my dad. Even physically, I'm 6'6", roughly 260 pounds with long arms and big hands. His arms are longer and his hands are much bigger. I will never measure up to him in any way. I should get back to the original point of this before I get depressed. My, my dad is from Alabama. He raised pigs, he killed pigs, he killed people. He is a man's man through and through. I imagine he was as proud as can be when I was born. His first son, his only son, his namesake. I'm named after my dad. He was gonna make me a man. <laughs> To this day, that's what he calls me. He calls me man. (laughs) I'm sure he realized the irony in that decades ago because I've been a constant disappointment to him for as long as I can remember. When I was a kid, my bedroom was decorated in all football stuff. (laughs) I don't know anything about football. The only thing I've ever known about football is that I have never liked football. I'm pretty sure my parents just always assumed that I was just going to be a bruiser. I think maybe the only traits that I took on from my dad are my eyes, my size, and my appetite. I eat a lot. I always have. My mother has a picture of me. I'm not two years old, and I'm double fisting turkey legs like I'm King fucking Henry the goddamn eighth. I still eat a lot. It's just that I choose to eat different things these days. As a kid, I didn't care what it was. I would eat whatever was in front of me. Meat was meat, and it was all good to eat. When I was very young, cognitively, I didn't associate it with living creatures. Pork wasn't a pig, it was pork. Beef wasn't a cow, it was beef. Chicken wasn't chicken the animal, it was chicken the food. Even once I did realize that I was eating these animals that had to be killed, dismembered, mutilated, and burned beyond recognition for my enjoyment, I still didn't care. I'd been taught and conditioned to accept that this was just a normal part of life. I went along with that until I was about 14. I remember my mother bringing home groceries. I looked at a raw, cut-up piece of meat, seeing all of its muscle fibers and blood vessels sitting in its own blood and fat. At 14, I decided I didn't want to put that in my mouth anymore, so I stopped. I haven't eaten the flesh of an animal since 1990. My dad being my dad did not like that. He's from Alabama. Meet his religion down there. When I told my parents I wasn't going to eat meat anymore, he felt like I had sinned against him. He was already embarrassed and ashamed about literally almost everything about me. This didn't help my cause as far as all that was concerned. Just going to throw this out there. For a long time, my parents thought I was gay. (laughs) Maybe I'll talk about that at some point. It's not a long story. Anyway, I gave up meat at 14. It wasn't difficult, it didn't feel like a sacrifice at all because I honestly didn't have any desire to eat dead animals anymore. I did enjoy the taste and the texture but for me it wasn't worth it. Thankfully I had my mother who supported me fully. She did as much research as she could to make sure that I was going to be healthy. She looked for meat replacements and whatever else I might want or need to make this whole thing as easy as possible for me. Keep in mind this was 1990. This was before we could hop on the internet or just ask Siri. We had to consult encyclopedias, magazines, the public library or we just had to ask around. Not all the information we got was going to be complete and some of it was just going to be flat out wrong. Still, my mother put in all the work and I absolutely needed her support because I wasn't getting it from anywhere else at all. My dad was extremely pissed. He yelled at me, he insulted me, he threatened me physically, but I wasn't going to fold on this. My dad would have handily beat the backyard shit out of me, but I was not going to fold on this. He eventually had no choice but to accept it, but he did not like it. Anyway, my mom found other things for me. Back then, we didn't have nearly as many options as we have now, but my mom found some good stuff for me. I didn't miss meat at all back then. I don't miss it at all now. Really, the only drawback that came with choosing a meatless diet for me is all the dumbass bullshit that I have to put up with from a lot of ignorant people. If you're one of those people who think that your vegetarian jokes are funny or clever or original, they're not. Honest to God, I haven't heard a new one in 30 years. I know you're proud of yourself for saying these things that you think you came up with all by yourself. I can hear the pride in your voice and I don't wanna take that away from you. So I just go ahead and let you have it. If you're happy, I'm happy. The ones that do bother me though, are the ones who are genuinely offended by the way that I choose to eat. The ones who try to tell me what I should and shouldn't eat. The ones who try to back up their arguments with their limited knowledge of science or the Bible. The fuck out of here and these are usually the same people the exact same people who will angrily tell me in that very conversation that they don't like to be told what to eat cognitive fucking dissonance anyway that's not even the point that I'm trying to make here but I do want to make this clear you have never in your entire fucking life heard me tell you what you should and shouldn't eat Do not think for a fucking second that it is okay at all for you to tell me how to eat. However, I will say this, and this goes back to what I was getting at earlier about being masculine. I don't like to give advice because honestly, what do I know? I do know this though, something that I wish I would have discovered a long time ago. Soy will destroy you. It's true, I like tofu, I really do. I've been eating it for a long time. When it is prepared correctly, it's delicious. A lot of people make fun of it or judge it having never even tried it or after only trying it once or twice from one source, but that's not enough to form an accurate opinion on anything. I've had all kinds of different soy products prepared all kinds of different ways from all kinds of different places. Some of it was good, some of it was bad. That's just how food works. I liked it enough to eat it several times a week for decades, (laughs) that was not a good thing to do. You can look up information on what soy does to the body. Some sources say it's the worst thing, some say it's the best. One thing that makes sense to me that several sources have said is that it's good for women who are recovering from breast cancer. I'm not a doctor, but it makes sense to me. When the body metabolizes soy, it mimics estrogen and reasonable amounts that can be a good thing for women. Probably not so much for men. I say probably as if I don't know, okay. Here's my experience. I am a big eater. I was 19 the first time I had tofu and I was hooked. I knew how I liked it prepared and I shoved tons of that stuff inside my face for years. I can't say for a fact because I know that there were other factors involved, but once I found out about the estrogen thing, I really noticed some things about myself. I was really skinny as a kid, but started putting on some pounds around my mid 20s. Since then, I've been fluctuating between being pretty fit and being a little overweight, sometimes a little more than a little. But as an adult, no matter what shape I was in, even during the times when I would work out real heavy, my chest just didn't want to cooperate. The phrase that I'm dancing around using here is man boobs. I don't know which was worse, the the man boobs or the emotional instability. Both were a problem, and obviously I still struggle with some of that now. I don't want to scare you too much on soy. It is perfectly safe in normal amounts. This is just my experience. And my problem is that I don't eat food in normal amounts. Just like with everything, moderation is key. Too much of anything is a bad thing. And speaking of too much, I feel like this one has gone on for long enough. But before I wrap it up, I want to recognize some of my friends who reached out to me after the last session. I've still been receiving an unbelievable amount of support for this thing that I'm doing. When I started doing this thing, I was not in a good place, mentally or emotionally. I started this project for myself as a means of self-therapy. I know that it's cliche for people to say I do this thing for me, but it's true. I really didn't expect very many people to like or accept what I'm doing here. So the responses that I've been getting mean that much more to me. I got a message from my friend, Sam. I want to play it for you now.
1: Hey, Bobby. It's Sensible Sam. And I just wanted to drop you a line to tell you that I am enjoying... In search of my lost soul, so very much. It is a very, very moving project. Um, You're a great storyteller. You're wonderfully sincere and you have a big heart. And it just makes for a, a beautiful listen, you know. being so candid and so open, it really is inspiring and humbling. And it's made me reflect on a lot of things. And I don't think I would be doing that right now had you not started producing those episodes. So I'm really, really excited to hear future sessions coming, you know, because I think we're all going to grow together. I'm starting to grow. I'm always going to grow. You're always going to grow. That's the best part of being a human. You can always grow and learn. You're never tooled to do that. And I'm going through that. I've got that spark right now. I'm looking inward. I'm reflecting. And I'm inspired. And you've inspired me to start something of my own that you recommended over a year ago, but I didn't believe in myself enough to do. But listening back to your sessions, which I do a couple times. (laughs) I've done a couple times already. It just, it, it, it produces the same result. Inspiration and renewed resolve, like I won't just kick ass. It's like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one, you know. We can all get through this together. That's what I'm getting from everything. You're sharing with us and I don't feel alone and I feel empowered by it. So I'm looking forward to the next session because with each session, I think we're all gonna grow a little together. So keep doing what you're doing, babe. You really are doing a tremendous job. I am so very proud of you. I love you.
0: Thank you, Sam. That was Sensible Sam from the Transcontinental Project. I've said this a million times in private conversations with various people, and I have no problem saying it here. I love and value all of my friends, but along with her TCP partner, Luke Birch, and our friend Papa Dave Sincere, Sam is the best of us. I don't even know how to properly express how impressive you are as a person, Sam, and I know that all of our friends who we share in common agree wholeheartedly. I want to say I like how Sam picked up on the language of what I'm doing here, referring to my episodes as sessions, because that's what I see them as. It's not a gimmick. This is therapy. One thing that I've become aware of from your message, Sam, and from all of the emails and the other messages that I've been getting from people about the show is that it's not just self-therapy. It's group therapy. I'm genuinely surprised and amazed whenever I get a message from somebody who I wouldn't expect it from. Opening up to me, telling me how they relate to what I'm doing, sometimes getting very personal. We have a lot of very strong personalities in our community. We hear these various personalities on their shows or we interact with them in chat rooms or on social media. But most of the time we don't really see the whole person. We don't realize the depths of their thoughts, feelings, and insecurities. Since I released the email address uh, to contact me, I've been communicating with a friend of mine who I hadn't really spoken with much before, and I found out why that was, and it just blew my mind. I'm going to read what he wrote me after the last session. This is from Jay Silver from the Smack It Down podcast. He said, hey, Bobby, how's it going, buddy? I listened to the newest episode of In Search of My Lost Soul, where you are going through all the definitions of a soul. Solid work again, my dude. I know you're probably going to get a few emails just being like, hey man, good episode. But something about today's episode and something about this whole show that you're doing stands out to me. And I know it's very hard to explain what that is. It's like I said to you last time, I'm the kind of person who thinks that I'm annoying people. And I'm sorry if I'm annoying you by getting these thoughts out of my head right now. It's just I've been in a dark place lately, and I don't really want to go into why. And it's something about your newest episode. Whether it's one of the definitions, whether it's just hearing something that's not in my usual routine, has given me a bit of a pick-me-up, so I'd just like to thank you for that. Anyway, dude, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Your friend, and hopefully not annoyance, Jay Silver. The first thing that I want to make clear is that you are not an annoyance, Jay. Anybody who's hearing this who knows who you are from hearing you on various podcasts must be as surprised as I was when you told me that the first time. I've had conversations with people about you, mutual friends, some people who listen to you, who you probably never even interacted with, and the general consensus is that you are cool as hell. You're on a level that you don't even recognize, but I'm telling you, the rest of us do. You and I were following each other on Twitter back when I was active on there, and our interactions were limited. To find out that it was because you thought you would be annoying me is insane to me. Honest to God, the first time you hit me up on Twitter, I was beyond honored. You're the fucking man, dude. Own it. As for the dark place you've been in, I don't know what you've been going through, and I'm not going to ask, but if what I've been doing here tells us anything, it's just like what Sensible Sam said, that none of us are alone. And if we feel like we're alone, that's not a feeling that we have to have, because whether we reveal it or not, everybody has gone through, is going through, or will go through something that just kicks our ass, and it helps to recognize what that feels like so that we can be there for our friends to maybe help and not hurt them so bad when they go through it i'm glad you're getting something out of what i'm doing here man thank you i got a few more emails but i really want to read some of this one i actually got this one the day i released number four and i wasn't going to read it on here because there's some things mentioned in there that i feel like are a little too personal but I was moved by what he said, so I asked him if he would be okay with me reading some of it. He said it would be fine. This is from my friend Cheese Man of Wrestling's High Marks, excluding the most sensitive parts he said. Hey Bobby is Cheese Man just wanted to take a second to say I love the show and I appreciate the fuck out of you mentioning us (laughs) dude it was just a quick mention you guys show me love all the time and I can't tell you how much that means to me anyway he says we fucking love you man I'm not even gonna lie man I was listening to episode four thinking about all you've done for us and I teared up a bit I have people in my everyday life who don't even come close to being as supportive as you, and I can't thank you enough. Keep up the great work on the show and just being you, man. Cheese, you're a good dude, I know you've heard me say that before, and I say it because I mean it. I'm very glad to know you, and I'm genuinely humbled that you have the level of respect for me that you do. Same for Mojo and G-Wiz, who also hit me up, by the way, with similar thoughts. Being there for you guys is an easy thing to do, not just because I recognize your talent, which you have a lot of, but because I was able to see from the very beginning how much love and respect that you guys have to share. I'm glad that you guys are a part of our community and I'm happy that I was able to play some part in helping to move that along a little further. I want you to check your mailboxes when you get home because I sent all three of you guys pamphlets on drug abuse and rehabilitation. I'm kidding. I didn't send that. Keep on doing what you guys are doing. Um, Don't ever change. This thing has gone on longer than I like for it to. But the things that I got out, I felt like I really needed to let out. And there's still a lot more to tell. But I'm not going to take up too much more of your time today. Thank you to Sensible Sam of the Transcontinental Project. Jay Silver of the Smack It Down podcast. Thank you to Cheese Man, G-Wiz, and Mojo of Wrestling's High Marks. And thank you to everybody else who contacted me. And thank you to Stephen Millen just for being Stephen Millen. <laughs> the common thread that ties together the messages that I got this go-round is that we think we know people, but we never really know what anybody else has going on. We never really know who's in search of their lost soul. Let me know what you got going on. Email me at insearchofmylostsoul at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 614 333 9276. Again, 614 333 9276. You just might appear on an upcoming session. In Search of My Lost Soul.